At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. The tide of record highs and trade optimism rolls on today. Dow futures up almost 80 points amid reports the White House is debating whether to cut some tariffs on Chinese goods in order to solidify phase one. Europe is mixed in the 10-year approaching 184. We got ISM services and jolts in an hour. Our roadmap begins with Wall Street's record rally. Stocks point to a third straight day of gains fueled by increasing China trade optimism. Coming up, we'll get an exclusive insight from two investment titans, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon and Bridgewater's Ray Dalio. Plus, shares of Uber, they are sinking on continuing, continuing losses, more than a billion dollars in the third quarter. But CEO Dara Khosrowshahi predicts profitability within two years. And done everything right, Boeing's new chairman backing embattled CEO Dennis Mullenberg in his handling of the 737 MAX crisis. Let's start with Uber. Shares falling in pre-market despite a revenue beat. Gross bookings and trip totals did come in below consensus. Stocks now 35% below the IPO price back in May. Yesterday on Closing Bell, CEO Dara Khosrowshahi said he sees profitability, as David said, for the company in 2021. It was a very significant beat on the top line in terms of revenue growth accelerating and the bottom line. Uh, we increased our 2019, the midpoint of our guidance in as far as EBITDA goes, by $250 million. Uh, and I'll tell you, Deirdre, while we haven't finalized our planning, uh, and it's going to take a lot of hard work from, from a lot of folks, we are actually targeting 2021 for adjusted EBITDA profitability full year. Sort of echoes of what Lyft said uh, last week. Jim, Street's kind of mixed on this. I've seen some price target cuts and raises today. Well, I mean, you've got RBC saying that there's 1.7 billion shares about to be unlocked. Uh, Whitebush says only 763 million. It's really interesting that there's a dispute on that. You know, this was one of those calls where you're listening. You're saying, wow, good, 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 good. And then you get to Uber Eats and you say, what? why are they in that business? Why don't they seed that business? That would make it so that 2021 is, you know, even maybe the fourth quarter of 2020, I want to put words in Dara's mouth, but that was the big issue. And you got Grubhub last night. You know, we've got Shake Shack talking about it last night. This is a bad business. Yeah. And it's bad for them, maybe worse than others. Uh, I mean, gross bookings also missed estimates. But right. Uber Eats right. missed. And Nelson, uh, the C- CFO on the, uh, on the call, talked about nearly 100 cities that are adjusted EBITDA margin positive for right. Uber Eats. But the large private capital inflows into the online food delivery category, competition has been fierce in some markets. He went on to say, in fact, it's only about 15 percent of Eats gross bookings that make over half of their adjusted EBITDA margin loss. And by the way, we said this. What's so interesting about this is their largest single investor, SoftBank, is in part some of the capital behind those very competitors that are causing 
these margin losses? It is amazing to me because if someone were to blink, no one blinks. I mean, Square was smart to sell caviar to DoorDash, but that's a $400 million deal. I didn't, David, yeah. that's intriguing because how much of that is making it so they can't blink? I mean, if you offload this thing, there's no, we're going to think more of this company, not less if they did. No, but they did. He said they did get out of South Korea. Right, he did. Because he did. it no, shows a willingness right. on their part to exit markets where there is a low return right. on investment. But this food business, can we just accept the fact that when you have behind the scenes that, look, I own a restaurant, I own two restaurants. This is what we talk about when I'm with these CEOs of restaurants. They just say, look, this is just a fiasco. I mean, the money that is in a business that, frank, frankly, is not a good business. I had a guy on last night, Max Smith, who had the Ojo Scooter. Uh, 30% more uh, uh, delivery per Ojo scooter. And I'm listening, I'm saying, you know what, get me some Ojos and let me beat Uber. I mean, I don't want to be so in the business. At some point, that business will rationalize. Yes. The delivery of food business but will David, rationalize. David, it's a crummy business. Right now, you got a lot of money still moving into it, as but we've why? said, from large investors. I don't know. Uh, funding business models, some of which, one of which, or two, well, some of them will succeed. Yeah, Maybe but it'll David, be a breach. You can't. You're going to get out of it only to watch somebody else I don't win? like to spend $10 to get $8. I've never seen that, that, that business model work. Well, this, this goes back to I mean, the discussions we had pre-IPO. I mean, relative to the few uh, analogs there are, it's a complex model. And you don't it like is. complexity in this well, case. Look, I mean, here's what happens. You, get, you go to Uber Eats. You say, listen, uh, Grubhub is saying I'm going to pay X. you got to come underneath Grubhub. And then you go after that, you go to DoorDash, you say, look, you know, Uber's coming in here. I went underneath that. It, it's fo- what we call football. You can pit these guys against each other because there's no edge. It's a total commodity. It's what I used to call uncoded free sheet paper. There is no model that can make sense, and there's no margin that can make sense. And when you're in the restaurant, I mean, even my little restaurants, I can argue with these guys. But my point right. is about Uber. I mean, yeah. there's, oh, there's, there's ride sharing, there's logistics, there's delivery. Do you want them to be in all these silos? I want them to be in freight. You know, freight's not that good right now because of the uh, economy, but they're doing fabulously in freight. That's a great business. They have that uh, technology business that was hard for me to read. That sounded like, a, what, an other bets business? Yeah, the other bets. Yeah, but I bets just, I think a lot of other things. freight is really great. I think that if there are, comp- remember they sue say that they're number one, but there's two, some of these markets have two, three, four, five competitors. Well, the, some of the foreign markets. Again, Didi, yeah. they're competing with in certain markets. And Didi, by Didi the way. is a huge investor. You get into a Didi and the guy's again. got a tie, you know, and he's got great. He's got the mints and the water back there, and it's, you feel like a king. Really? Didi. Yeah. Where you have feel you like taken it? Where have you done in, a Didi? Oh, my son did it. Yeah? Yeah. Beijing. Nice. Shanghai. Oh, nice. my God. He, he feels like a king back there. Got it. You know, I mean, Didi's got some differentiation. It's like those British cabs. Didi's got game, David. Okay, if you say so. I have not ridden. Did you get the two, Did you guys get the fifty percent off Uber yesterday? Did anyone <laughs> no. else get that? I only got the thirty. I 30%. got fifty. I guess it's some sort of experiment. Meanwhile, on the lockup, which what? we mentioned, yeah. they were asked about it, of course, and said they, you know, they don't know what each individual shareholder will do. They've had constructive dialogue with their long-term holders. Um, 
And they do go on to say, though, there's a lot of supply that's going to hit the marketplace, and we don't know what's going to really happen. Bad answer. Again. <laughs> Bad but set of facts. But we assure you we've taken whatever steps we can to have the dialogue we need to with most of the parties, whatever that means. Um, and, guys, finally, for me, I thought the most interesting but part was what? the very beginning of the call where Dara said the world's magical companies are the ones that can compound top-line growth at massive scale, improve margins, right. allocate capital, and do the right thing for all their constituencies. We're working hard to be one of those magical companies. Yeah, the year of magical <laughs> thinking. I mean, you know. <laughs> Does you he know, have a cape it, and a it, it was. I, I didn't understand that at all. I mean, it, it, it was... Uh, it was kind of ethereal, a little bit philosophical, and absolutely nothing that I wanted to hear. Uh, we'll watch Uber obviously down in the pre-market. The other big story, of course, is the market at large. Stocks are on track to continue their record run today. Dow's coming off its first record close since July, as you probably know. It was the S&P's 16th record high of the year. NASDAQ outperforming both of those, though, up 27 percent year-to-date. Jim, as you have said, we have reverted to FANG. That's doing so oh, much heavy Fang's lifting here. great. I mean, look at Apple. Yeah, I was at a, a, a gathering recently where we talked about who should be the man of the year. I mean, uh, well, person of the year. Uh, I, I do think that Tim Cook, you really got to think about what he's accomplished. You think he's CEO of the year? Yeah, I mean, look, it'll probably be that fabulous activist, the young girl, young lady. Oh, you're just talking person. generally, man of the year, like... I'm saying that I'm, nominate, I'm nominating him right here. Really? Person of the year. Right. Yes. Really? Particularly after the $2.5 billion... Really? Home houses, housing. Nobody else on the entire planet who you think might deserve that? He was runner-up in 2012. He certainly had a better year this year. It's like Babe Ruth. He had a better year in what? Against uh, Herbert Coolidge. Hoover. Oh, cool. Hoover. Right. Hoover. Was, oh, it was it Hoover? Cool. Maybe Hoover. we got to get right that down. Look, why, why is that so off? He created a trillion, you know, he has a trillion dollar company. We all walk around with white things. I guess, I, our may, ears. I guess our Help. question would be, though, over Nadella? Over uh, some wow. of the other? Yes. Growth. Uh, of the business person. I mean, arguably Benioff, because of the uh, business is the greatest force of, of change. That's another. Business is, business is, uh, intellectual business is booming. The business CEOs are thinking. They're thinking while you read Twitter and not care about what I'm saying. I they care. are thinking. You do? Yeah, I do. What I just said. You said they're thinking like, while you who? read Twitter who? and you think. Who? Who, who did I say? People. The people. Wh- which one? I don't know. Which one? Benioff. Oh, right, Benioff. That's it. Right. And, and you'd put him over uh, Cornell, uh, Jensen Wong. I like Cornell. I love Jensen um, Wong. He's HBR's number one. He is fantastic and just a gentleman. It just everybody, I mean, they got thousands of happy engineers there. That's Jensen Wong, David. Sometimes Oregon to be State. person of the year, you don't necessarily have to do good things. It can just be that you're in the midst of Mullenberg, well, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. Mullenberg is person of the year? No, I mean, say, you know, a lot of trouble. Interesting. Yeah. Dealing with it, trying to. Um, Listening to that interview, of course, with Calhoun was fascinating this morning. That was a fabulous chair. interview. He made so much news. So much news. That was news. unbelievable. I mean, talk about a, a rectitude guy coming in and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll pay American. Yeah, we're going to solve this problem. And we talk about it every he, day. And he it, did not. Uh, no flinching there. Did not, no, he did not duck. He well, not duck. Uh, Phil flinch. did try to get him on, for example, a carrier compensation uh, or uh, the, the pricing of the max. When but they, he did indicate that they would, there was conceivably going to be compensation paid. Yeah, I'm just saying he, he didn't. He did say that um, we let him down on Gary Kelly. Yeah. Yep, in American, I, I I had Doug Parker on, so he owes him hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's, they said, yeah, well, we're, we're going to do that. 
What a guy. An honor. Did you ever know him in a... Calhoun, no, I didn't. You know, he was a, a longtime GE executive, yeah. but I didn't really uh, know. But man, him. A man of tremendous stature mm-hmm. and a person of tremendous yeah. stature. He's uh, he did say he's well regarded, yeah. yeah. said, if you missed it this morning uh, on Squawk, uh, said Mullenberg has, quote, done everything right. Uh, they're not looking at clawbacks. Uh, this will be called the max when it returns to service, which they still believe will be before uh, year end. Um, but uh, there was one thing I, that I wish that Mullenberg had done in front of Congress, which is say, listen, I'm not going to take a dime. And Calhoun said that uh, Mullenberg said it this weekend. I also thought what he was talking about was Mullenberg deeply affected in Congress. And that is something that you want to hear. I mean, I didn't think it was for show. There was nothing for show. There was no Potemkin village here with Calhoun. None. It was just for real. Does that give you more confidence? I said yes. Went, yes, I feel more confident. This is a huge part of, look, this was a terrible tragedy. Uh, and what I heard today was it's a terrible tragedy. It's not, you know, Boeing's going to do everything they can. It's not the Boeing way. Uh, there were a lot of questions about the actual engineering of it and whether it was right, the right redundancies. And he said we made mistakes. He didn't say mistakes were made. He didn't say, well, you know what, we're going to examine that. He made mistakes. I thought that was great, too. I, it, this man's a chairperson. This guy, you got the sense that Mullenberg works for the board. Now, there had been questions when he was in front of Congress where he said, oh, the board do this, the board do that. And we're all so, and Congress is so jaded about the boards being owned by the CEOs. It, this board is not owned by the CEO. It's just not. This is an independent board. And that's what I thought Calhoun really accomplished. Take a listen to this. From the vantage point of our board, Dennis has done everything right. Um, From the beginning, from the beginning. Remember, Dennis didn't didn't create this problem. But from the beginning, um, he knew that MCAS should and could be done better. And he has led a program to rewrite MCAS to alleviate all of those conditions that uh, ultimately uh, beset two unfortunate crews and the families and victims. He did say um, Mullenberg will not get any bonus pay until the MAX flies again. Some uh, argued, is that an economic incentive to rush this plane back? No. No, I I, I think that, uh, I think Calhoun, you told him it's not going to be back for a year. Calhoun would say then it shouldn't be back for a year. One of the things that I thought that was so great about what he said Reminds me of Jim McNerney, frankly, which is that, look, we're not even, this is going to fly when it should fly. Uh, There are a lot of people who hope it can fly just because it's um, setting back business. I I, I got the impression from Galhoun that business is irrelevant. You seemed more interested in whether or not uh, Boeing planes could be part of a China trade deal. Yeah, I look, I think that that. That uh, that Mr. Calhoun got that question wrong. Uh, Becky was not trying to c- uh, conflate the two, which is that if they fix sir, if they fix safety, I think that uh, there's a lot of us who are saying, when is China going to show good faith? I know that say the Navarro wing would like to see some good faith, uh, and, and it's not just an ag buy anymore. It right. would be something like a, a real commitment to Boeing. Uh, President Xi, depending upon what outlet you read, is alternately uh, hoping that the tariffs are cut, is trying to make a deal. Look, President Xi, if you're watching, which he completely isn't, uh, you can get Huawei back in, which I know is he is watching. Uh, but you gotta got to give a big order, and it can't just be soy. That day is over. Brazil is now the way you get soy. People think you can switch. 
I mean, I, the soy guys I deal with and the, and the chemical guys, you can't just say, okay, that was it with, that was it with Brazil. Now we're switching to U.S. It doesn't work like that. I also think that they wouldn't be so wrong. I know one's going to like this other millennials, but they could use a non-beef product. The Chinese. Yes. <laughs> they, love, they love milk that is not milk. You know that? They love white wing. I think it's time that they go to Ethan Brown. They go to they go, <laughs> before McDonald's does. But McDonald's has a test going on in what twenty seven Canadian? Are you kidding me? This is the time for Chris, the, the new CEO, to step up and say, you know what? We're going to trial it like Burger King did at the Impossible Burger. He's kind of that was some, talk about some mistake. Yeah. That uh, well, among others, that Easterbrook made. This actually, this is mistake. I don't know about that other stuff. I don't care about that other stuff, right? We do have news on uh, the outgoing McDonald's. She's got an upgrade of Beyond Meat today, which we'll I talk about. That was a great upgrade. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big morning on tap as well. J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon is going to join us, talk about everything from U.S.-China trade to the presidential election. And hedge fund billionaire Ray Dalio on the market's record run and his call to reform capitalism. Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell coming up. Don't go anywhere. Brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Eaton Vance High Yield ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find smart bond selection from a specialized team with deep fixed income expertise. Get to know what's inside EVHY, the symbol of high yield done right, at EatonVance.com slash CNBC. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Time for a mad dash just to get you ready for the opening bell about 10 minutes from now, right here from the New York Stock Exchange. Peloton. Wow. Uh, wow. Hey, they delivered. I mean, quarter, this, yeah. this was the best of the ones that have come public during this period of this little window. 103% growth, 562,000 to 1.6 million. I mean, holy cow. Uh, now, David, here's what's key. When you look at the number of the amount of money these are making, these guys are making, I mean, they raised it, David. You, their fiscal year ends in July. They were looking for, we were looking for $1.35 billion. They're going to do $1.4 to $1.5 billion. I mean, tremendous number of people want it. In honor of this, my wife actually removed her uh, clothing the laundry, from and the, she uh, used it this weekend. And she was like, huh, huh, huh. What was that? <laughs> Gross margins up to 46.1%. That was a 14 basis point improvement. You David, see that? these guys are for real? I think so. Why is the stock down? Wow. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a bad quarter. I thought it was going to be up. I guess because they all suck. They're all bad. <laughs> we got to find Anything that, that the underwriters the touch, call. except for the Chinese stocks, those have been real super. <laughs> Total revenue, $228 million. That, was, that was up 103% year over year. You can't, bad. David, you can't please people. You can't. This was a good quarter. I made fun of this deal, but this was a good quarter. David, this is the year of magical thinking. <laughs> Isn't that Joan Didion? I don't. Yes, I think. Isn't that, that Joan Didion? Slousy, slousy toward fifty-two week low. It's coming back a little bit. We'll see how the stock opens. By the way, spill some coffee on that. Oh, really? Yeah, man. 
know. Maybe just the shiny nature of I that. No, it could have been a stain from that, a long like time ago. Simonize? Back. You Simonize that time? I do. I Simonize everything, including my face. Uh, be sure to stay tuned, by the way. We do have an exclusive, as I said, with uh, Jamie Dimon, Ray Dalio, and we'll also be talking to the CEO of Peloton. That's coming up next, but next we got an opening bell as well. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. As markets continue to make more history today, stay tuned for our interview with Ray Dalio. He's been outspoken about reforming capitalism uh, over the next few years. Also, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon talks some trade, the economy, and the 2020 election. The opening bells in six minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. Opening bell in three minutes on this Tuesday, another busy session full of trade news, uh, Uber, Peloton. We've talked about already. It's Election Day in Kentucky, Mississippi, and Virginia. Uh, you mentioned Peloton. Shake Shack was the other big name out last night, Jim. Yeah, We're a little light. little light. We're looking for 2.7. They come in at 2. Uh, the analysts stick by it. They think that it's still a great growth story. But remember, this is the most challenged, selling the challenged industry. Remember, go back to McDonald's. There's Burger Wars all over the place. Wendy's. Now, Shake Shack is, uh, some, I think that some people say it's not real good, not real quick serve. It's got more going than that. But in the end, a comp number is a comp number. you got to come back to Chipotle. It turns out that they really did have unbelievable numbers. I know, but they, they posted two. We were looking for two five. Is that worth a fifth of their market cap? I, I actually, I, I thought the same thing. I said, were people looking for five? I, I mean, it acted like, I mean, that, that's not that bad a miss, but this has become an unforgiving market for growth stocks. I mean, Peloton was up too. Uh, Dave and I were just going over. By the time we finished talking about it, it was down. The growth stocks are having a hard time. Uh, Keith Meister talking about how good Adobe was last night. Adobe was fantastic. Big analyst meeting. Uh, if Adobe doesn't hold then I think people are going to dislike these stocks again. And I think that the Uber, look, this Uber's going to flood the market. I mean, I got no comfort about the lockup expiration. Expiration. None. Did you get comfort? No. When they when they just flat out say we don't know, it's hard to get comfort, right? What was the quote? We don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, by the way, uh, as for Adobe, uh, they do guide above for 2020, and we got yeah. targets up at City, JPM, RBC. Um, you mentioned uh, lockups. Bernstein goes to outperform Beyond Meat, saying yeah. we think you know, the lockups are going to be disruptive in the short term, but they keep 106. Beyond Meat is, uh, is one of those companies that has, um, let's say, it has a cult following with money. 
uh, the, the, it's not Tesla. That has a cold following. But this got a much better balance sheet. And I think people are starting to wake up to the idea, not that it's an ecosystem, but it can be used in many different ways. And this company is pure. When you speak to them, although they do, the cellulose is a big part made by DuPont. But when you speak to Beyond Meat, they're on a mission. They're mission-driven. Now, I know these are terms that when I say them, David laughs at me because I really am a dollar sign represented by a man. But they have a purpose. They're purpose-driven. And the millennials, David, are actually driven to, like, good things, and they're not sin- what are they? positives. And- Trying to save the planet. Yeah. On the day we officially withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. We yeah, should well, we're different. We're pro-coal. Let them eat coal. Yes. And mercury. Let's get the opening bell here. S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. The big board here is Madison Square Garden Company, celebrating college basketball's champions classics. We got the Spartans, the Jayhawks. Uh, um, Michigan State. Yes. Um, and Wildcats. Wildcats. Yep. They all look good. I, you see those and you think, I cannot believe it's basketball season yep. already. By the, by the way, at the NASDAQ, it's Q&K International Group, an apartment rental platform in China. Now, I think it's important to point out that the most important thing that happened in the last 24 hours was some crazy bobcat black panther that walked on the... It was at the giant camp. There, oh, there it is. There's a metaphor for everything you need to know about what was once a great... Great American football team. New York sports, actually, I think. Yeah, that's really why I thought of MSG when I thought of them. Yeah, David. for everything. Uh, yeah. Whether it is basketball or football, we're having a rough go of it here in the, uh, in the great city of New York. There's only one team I trust, and I think is really good. It's a team with a great kid playing quarterback, young kid. Not that Danny Dimes is a favor. <laughs> he's not a quarterback. He's a wide but, receiver. No, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. Favor's kid. That season's over, too. Unfortunately, Faber's kid that ended heartbreakingly could be recruited. <laughs> it's D four. Need to be D four. We're we're not sure what we want him to play. We'll see. That's the calculus is tough. If your kid's good, the coach is asking you to keep him in, but you've got to start thinking ahead about injuries and all that. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a major issue. It really is. Summit High. We had um, Money Badger just uh, just patented by uh, Badgley. Uh, who is the kicker for San Diego, got people 15 points. Uh, not San Diego, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, got uh, 15 points this weekend in fantasy. Bachelor. <laughs> um, look, I live by this. The guy was in my daughter's math class. Jim, you said uh, you're going to watch to see if Adobe holds uh, up yes, 5% still. But Regeneron up almost 6% today on this on this yeah. news, and we got an upgrade and, of Amgen as well. You know, these guys, these companies are valued as if they are steel mills. I mean, I, I think that Len Schleifer's doing a great job. I, I, my chapel trust hold on to Amgen. We got a little frustrated and made some money, but you, some of these guys are developing drugs. This Innovio, that six-month progression. I mean, there's stuff that is going on at Regeneron that's terrific. Amgen, by the way, uh, they're, they won back the, the leadership in, in their migraine drug, and they have uh, they owe Tesla, which is what they got from Bristol-Myers, but Bristol-Myers' balance sheet getting much better because they sold that. It's the halcyon days for pharma because people are starting to think that maybe Biden is back in the lead. That this is just, this is all Senator Warren, Vice President Biden, Senator Warren. Who's ever in the lead, these, if, if Warren's in the lead, these stocks go down. I mean, it really is pretty amazing. It must be an algorithm. I would imagine. It's, it is still, I mean, early. That is what everybody You say will that every time. I do because it's true. That discourages you know, horse race talk. 
2003, I think right. at this point, Howard Dean was far in the lead. You Didn't he become John, a CNBC John Kerry was at 4% in Iowa. He went on to become the Democratic nominee. So, you know. Washington Nationals, were they were open very badly, and they ended up winning the World Series. They opened very badly. Very badly. And then they ended up as World Series. They're below the Mets. Let, let them play the game. Yeah, I All think right. at this point, last cycle, uh, Ben Carson was probably about this time was in the lead. Well, okay. All right. Let, let's step back for a second. The idea is, is that there's Biden and then there's like a team the of field, like 40 yes. people who would like to make it so that we never have to pay for drugs again. That's a, that's a wild well, that's not, exaggeration. That is a wild exaggeration. Let's, there are obviously some moderates, whether it's Amy Klobuchar or even Cory Booker or, well, then guys, people who have no chance. The Bennetts and the, the guy from Montana. Hannah Montana? Oh, the, the, what's his yeah. name? Hannah Montana. She's, oh, Hannah she's Montana. polling 2%. I'm so into polling. Hannah. Hannah Montana's good. I, I, None I, of those people are in I favor saw, of Medicare for I saw all. Jewel last night. She's right. not, not Jewel, running. J-U-U-L. You no, oh, Jewel no, that is singer. The, they call me assassin. You ever read that Jack Tatum book? That's Jewel. They call me assassin. Jack Tatum. Yes. I, I was, yes, I remember. Yeah. Look at Disney coming down, though. You got to worry about that. That's yeah, about we got before. one week to go uh, before the launch of Disney Plus. The um, the selling in the growth stocks, PepsiCo. Yesterday, Procter was down gigantically, down four points. People are flooding out of those stocks and going to the companies that would do well in a trade agreement. Uh-huh. And this is just in one of those worthless rotations where people are going to lose a fortune by buying high and selling low. And I wish we could stop them, but they won't let us. Uh, Jim, but. A company we watched closely for a while, Occidental Petroleum, purchaser of Anadarko. I'm not having a good morning either. That's interesting because yesterday Chevron was up $5.30, even though it reported a really not great quarter with production. And people said, aha, now we know why they needed Anadarko. Right. But Occidental, wow, David. Yeah, why on that? That's... That's suboptimal there. That's you know, sure. Deleveraging apparently is obviously continues to be the key for this year and beyond, given all the debt. And well, you've talked a lot about it. Yeah, that paper much, that they gave to Warren Buffett. Well, look, I mean, uh, the, to help the, finance the deal, to avoid a shareholder vote. Um, I just think that you, you've got to love the Permian to death. Uh, the number of pipes that are coming from the Permian, the amount of money, the amount of oil comes out. You need the Saudis to just shut down. You need to take out two million barrels a day because we have got so many barrels that are just waiting for those pipelines. Uh, right. uh, by natural gas, by the way, it's like natural gas is worthless. It's easier to flare than it is to ship. There's a that's something, isn't it? I can't believe Peloton's down a buck and a quarter. I can't believe it. Was, it. it was up, uh, as you said. Uh, Jeez, what do you have to do? This market, this market is a, is a hard taskmaster. We're, we're going to talk to John Foley uh, in the next hour uh, from Peloton. He's a smart interesting guy. Man. Yep. Uh, indeed. You mentioned oil, Jim. Aramco. Hey, Jokers. You got the Trojan. What is that? The uh, Yeah, the Spartan. Spartan. Hey, Spartan. Hey, Spartan. How you doing there? Look at this. Will you believe this? This is what it comes down to. Believe me. How you doing there, partner? You mentioned, uh, you mentioned oil. Uh, Reuters says Aramco is going to announce the price range on the 17th. Right. Uh, Roadshow begins the 18th and then list on the 11th of December. Oh, man. When is that lock up? I hope they don't have a lock. That, that, that better be a lock and key lock. On. Are, are we once again? Are you once again worried about air supply with the big new issues have coming to, in? Have to. I mean, look at these. I mean, I just feel like that that one's got to be tight. Thank heavens it's worldwide, so it's going to uh, 
create, uh, you know, tremendous, it's an ecosystem against the market, most certainly, but it won't all be the U.S. I, look, I, oh, Coca-Cola's at 52. Do something. This is crazy. These are good companies. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking of good companies, uh, Emerson, worth mentioning. Oh, I here. thought Reported it was a good earnings, quarter, but a bad forecast. Reported earnings, and that's one part of it. And then they did come to a piece with the activist investor, D.E. Shaw. Yeah, what do you think of that? Showed up in their stock. Well, they have an agreed-upon board member who's been added already uh, to the board, uh, Mark Lynn. Will be added to the Tell board. Tell us about him. Being added to the Tell board us about directors. Mark Now they'll have 11 directors, 10 of whom are independent. Um, he's got more than 20 years of experience operating multi-industrial businesses and senior executive roles, as well as seen significant legal expertise and board experience. Uh, okay. Lead independent director, audit committee chair. There is, there he is, Mark Lynn. Yeah. Uh, and also, they're going to move, or at least put it to shareholders, oh, to move to, Total good. Oh, that's good to, move to one-year terms, so no longer a staggered board. Oh. And they're going to put in some um, different metrics in their compensation. Um, See, it shows you that Mr. Farr metrics. totally willing to do whatever's pro-shareholder. Yeah. He's pro-shareholder. That's terrific. One that we haven't so, mentioned that has been going straight down is Starbucks. Say again? Starbucks. What about Starbucks? It's going straight down. Yeah, I know. Stop. You had the, well, did that interview. Well, with, I know, but it's AJ uh, last I, week. I know, it's I know. All I mean, love and kumbaya, and then the stock went straight down. Well, David, yeah. it, 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 I have, I have respect for certain CEOs. I know. I have respect. This stock for is now too. down a nine, what, eighteen straight. This was a hundred dollar stock in July. Uh, and all it's done is they missed. They lowered their growth rate a little bit. They kind of took it back up. I really think. Just like, and, you know, remember, Adobe lowered the growth rate, well, a little disappointment, and now brought it right back up. I, maybe this is the time to maybe raise, maybe they've got anything, the pumpkin spice, I mean, loyalty, I mean, give us something. Give us something. Tell me something good. I'm, Tell me something sweet. I'm going to give you something good. What do you uh, got, Ring Central? I'm going to talk about Xerox. Here's a name you haven't heard from, from me for a while. Uh, right. Stock's up a little less than 6%, actually look to be up more than that. Remember a, a couple of years ago, the big fight that broke out over Xerox when the company, remember it's got, the, it had this long-term joint venture with Fuji. Oh, my. Where Fujifilm owned 75%, Xerox owned 25%, and Xerox wanted, and Fuji was going to say, you know what, we're going to roll the 75% in, we're going to give your shareholders two and a half billion dollars, we're going to own 50.1% of Xerox for that. And Carl Icahn came along, and Darwin Deason, a guy who sold his company to Xerox some time back, large shareholder and said, no, no way. What are you doing? Don't do that. Huh? And they won. Uh, it was a nasty activist battle. They won control of the board. They got rid of the CEO. And here we are. Take a look at the performance of the stock over the last year. We haven't talked about Xerox no, it's in been quite on, some it's time. Been it has been strong. we got to look a little further. Yes. Well, even, but you can look at the lows yeah. from December, January period there, and you can see where the stock is now. Uh, why am I mentioning it today? Well, big news from them. Uh, and their uh, and their CEO uh, John Vizentine. Uh they are dissolving the Fujifilm uh, long-term partnership, the JV that's been in place since 1962 to sell everything over in that part of the world. And for selling their 25% stake, they're getting 2.2 billion dollars. Add another 100 million from uh, another JV that they're also selling uh, out on. They have 2.3 billion dollars. Uh, in proceeds coming to them. The $2.2 billion, I spoke to Mr. Byzantine this morning, by the way, it's a, over 20 times the actual cash flow that was uh, coming out from the JV to, to Xerox. So you're talking a, a 20 multiple or more to cash flow 
uh, for that. And, and now they've got a lot of money. What are they going to do with it? Well, may, some may be returned to shareholders, but Mr. Byzantine also telling me as well that they're going to look to uh, be aggressive when it comes to adjacent and perhaps within industry merger and acquisition. So perhaps they go to buy. Importantly, though, as well here, you got rid of this crown jewel lockup. You may remember from the reporting I did back when that fight was taking place. That was a key here. It was not just you do this deal, but even if you get out of it, you could never sell to another company right. because the uh, Crown Jewel lockup allowed Fuji to control the intellectual property, manufacturing rights in the Asian Pacific market. It's more or less said, if you try and sell, we can stop it and we have the right of first refusal. We can come in and do anything. It's gone now. Gone. Uh, and so Xerox, Jim, does become at least a company that potentially could find itself in the midst of consolidation, perhaps as a buyer, but perhaps even as a seller. Now, I did ask Mr. Byzantine that. He said, listen, we have no plans to sell ourselves. There's no process going on of any kind. And in fact, he went on to say, we're on the attack. Um, They've taken a lot of cost out, by the way, at the company. They have something called Project Own It, saving some $640 million this year. They're targeting $450 million in cost out next year. Uh, and then they're also talking about the future of R&D in artificial intelligence, 3D, not necessarily next year, but starting to, to see some some return from that in 2020. That healthcare is interesting. Uh, look, it's still printers, it's still scanners, it's still supplies, but it's really much more of a high-tech company. It, uh, you know, great reporting on this because I, a lot of people watch this stock go up and just say, well, what the hell is that? I didn't that go away a long time ago? I know. No, all. no. Xerox is, is back. It's got an $8 billion market value, at least over that. Up again today. Very good year. And it is a case where the willingness of the activists to actually hang in there for a long time right. is being rewarded. Remember, this was not going to be the price that Xerox shareholders got if they had cashed out of that in that old deal that was resisted. It would have been below this, perhaps that, well below this. That, that is a situation where if you had stuck with it, yeah. just made a lot of money. Yeah. And a lot of people wrote it off. I remember when they did the split. I wrote it off. I said, oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, is there any real value there? I thought it might be like uh, one of these companies that has just been that in general. Yeah. I mean, digital equipment. That was it's real. So it'll be interesting. We'll keep an eye on uh, shares of uh, Xerox and the company itself, of course, that is now free from Fuji in all ways and has an additional $2.3 billion in capital. All right, let's head over to the bond pits now, checking with Rick Santelli at the CME Group in Chicago. Rick. Good morning, David. You know, there's so many traders, investors, armchair technicians that really don't like interest rates going up. But I think the last several sessions really do drive home the point that some of the best rallies in stocks are accompanied by rises in yield as price goes down. Look at a three-day of 10s. We've been moving up rather aggressively. As a matter of fact, if you open the chart up to July 1st, here we come once again trying to test that all-important close at 190 you see on the chart there. Look at a three-day of boons. Are they leading the way? Many think so. Now, China uh, issued about uh, a little over $4 billion in securities in euro paper. Uh, that might attribute to some of the selling pressure and boons today, but no matter how you slice it, that three-day chart's aggressive. Open the chart up to July 1st. These are the highest boon deals, the least negative boon deals since about the third week in July. And finally, if we look at what's going on with the dollar versus the Chinese yuan, very fascinating there. The weakest on the dollar side, well, since July, and if we continue to take this home, 
Tens to twos has gone from basically minus five to 22 in quick order. So the steepening of the yield curve, uh, we could argue as to why, but at the end of the day, the equity markets and treasuries moving up together really does underpin confidence in the U.S. economy. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, well said. Uh, let's get to Bob Pisani, see what's moving back here on the floor. Hey, Bob. Uh, some trade optimism helping, but we're in the middle of a very powerful cyclical rally, and that is the thing that's really motivating the markets most of all. What do I mean? Banks, new highs, a lot of them. Energy, huh? What's going on there? Three days in a row, energy rally here. Transports rallying as well, and utilities and consumer staples, they're lagging today and on the month. Again, this is a cyclical rally. I complained yesterday, only 10% of the S&P was at new highs with the S&P at new highs, but there's a lot of stocks, a lot of sectors just just below new highs, we get another couple percentage point moves. We're going to get breakouts. Some of the big pharma companies, Glaxo, AstraZeneca, Bristol Myers, Merck, two, three, four percent from new highs. That's close enough for me to pay attention. We have a lot of retailers that are out there. The big ones that have moved this year, the discounters, the WalMarts, Ross, Costco, TJX, all just two or three percent from new highs. Very, very close to breakouts. The other big break, breakout in the in the retail group, home improvements. Sectors also just below new highs. Stanley's already there. Home Depot, Masco, Sherwin-Williams. You see what I mean? You get the market move up just a little bit more, you're going to get... Uh, 150, 200 stocks in the S&P at new highs. We also see semiconductors. That's a market leader this year, but a lot of the big names there, uh, Taiwan, Semi, NXP, Micron, Lamb Research, all just below new highs. You want to see technicians squawking a little bit? Watch the transports. We're on the verge of a breakout. We're just, just shy of a new high here, maybe 1% from a breakout in the transports. And you get the Dow theorists out talking about the confirmation with the transports and the industrials. Russell 2000 also about 1% from a new high. But everybody last night after the close was messaging me, what's going on with energy stocks? Since the close of October, we've had a notable rally. Big moves up, double digits in exploration of production companies and some of the service names like Schlumberger and Halliburton. Double di- this is two and a half days of, of trading. So what's going on here? A lot of speculation, a lot of interesting theories about what's floating around. First off, don't forget, the rally is broadening out. And so this is the most beaten up sector. So it makes sense that they should move up a little bit. We've had a modest oil rally. That's part of this. What, four or five percent in the last few days? That's not uh, nothing. We've also seen a cessation likely of tax law selling. This was the most beaten up group. A lot of them down 20 or 30 percent. Some of these firms, their season ends in the end of October. There'd be a lot of tax law selling going up into that. That stopped October 31st. That may be uh, taking a little bit of uh, steam away from the sellers. You may get a little bit of a short squeeze as well. All of this makes some sense for explaining the rally. There may also be some political issues around. Elizabeth Warren, to the extent that her polls go up and down, she's been anti-fracking. That may be a factor here. Some other companies have announced uh, capital expenditure cuts as well. The point is, pay attention to all of this, because when you see a sector like energy stocks start to rally, that's a real sign that the rally is broadening out. Carl, back to you. Thank you very much. By the way, uh, market services PMI, uh, 50.6 is the lowest since 2016, but still uh, uh, not in contraction. Isn't that exactly what's, that's a good metaphor for the economy. It's not as bad as we thought, but it's slower than last year. And I think a lot of people are trying to say, listen, there still could be more rate cuts just because 
they should never have been that many rate increases. That makes me feel like they got ISM at the top of the hour, too. As you just saw uh, later today, a pair of Wall Street heavy hitters, J.P. Morgan's Diamond, Bridgewater's Dalio, the man who manages the world's largest hedge fund. And check out our podcast, The Opening Bell of Squawk on the Street at CNBC.com backslash podcasts or wherever you hear them. S&P is almost uh, exactly flat. We're back in a minute. There are a lot of big names on the tape today. Uh, Boeing's Calhoun, Paul Tudor Jones, and then the next two you're going to see right here on our air. Jamie Dimon and Ray Dalio coming up when we come back. Stop trading with Jim. Kramer and stop trading. God bless you, David. Thank you. I'm Marriott. Okay, so Marriott reports a number that a lot of, a lot of people feel is just not so great. And the stock's down a buck and a half before the uh, market opens. And now it's starting to come on. Now, Palm Schools later this morning. This is the key battleground stock along with Adobe because uh, if this company misses and yet still doesn't go down, that's a very good sign for certain kinds of senior growth stocks. So let's watch that. Could be the tell of the market today. All right, Jim, what's tonight? Okay, I've got FireEye, which has been a disappointing cybersecurity company, and I've got Twilio, which has been a disappointing uh, ecosystem platform. Uh, Twilio has uh, had an accounting issue last week, and I'm glad they're coming on, Jeff Lawson, but, you know, a lot of people are furious. And more like a, a calculation error, right, calculation in their guidance? Error. Yes, yeah. calculation error, but what, it's an error, and we've got to find out why. By the way, can I just say that I think Under Armour, go and done a lot of work on it, I do not think it's revenue recognition. As a matter of fact, I think that it's more innocent. I feel better if you do my work on it. Uh, you can sell the stock because the quarter wasn't that good to predict, uh, or, or the forecast, but I'm minimizing now. I hate to do this, but minimizing the accounting issues. I think that the press, I think that the press has blown it out. Of Interesting. Goldman uh, takes it out of conviction buy, but keeps their buy this morning. Yeah, I think that you don't like the stock because of the business, but not because of the accounting issue. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.